Good morning, and welcome to the Southwest Church Sunday morning live stream of our weekend services. My name is Andrew. I have the pleasure of being one of the ministers here, and I just wanted to take time to welcome you, but also uh, get you in the loop on a couple of things that you can take advantage of as far as our online content. Uh, the very first thing right off the bat is every now and again, we offer something called Starting Point, and it's for those who are maybe taking their first step in exploring what Southwest is really about. If you want to join that, we'll be meeting via Zoom. Uh, you can see on your screen both the meeting ID and the password. It's going to be this coming Thursday at 7 p.m. And it'll just be about an hour. This is taught by our senior minister, Roger Hendricks. And we just go over pretty much what are the basic beliefs of Southwest uh, and what we understand to be a Jesus follower. So whether you've been with Southwest for years and years or you're just checking us out, you are more than welcome to join us on Thursday with that information on your screen. Outside of that, we have a varied amount of online content on our YouTube page that you can take advantage of. If you don't subscribe to our YouTube channel yet, just find us. Just search for Southwest Church-Ohio, and you'll be sure to find us. But on there, you can find any number of things. Uh, for instance, you can get to know leaders and volunteers at Southwest through our Real Talk series. Uh, you can also, if you have kids at home, take advantage of our kids' devotional series, Rhyme Bible Time with Mr. Roger. If you just want mindless nonsense, just turn into the Andrew Chronicles. There's five or six videos there. And also, if you're a stay-at-home parent who is sheltering at place with little ones, then our children's minister, Tammy Stahl, has stay-at-home parent hacks. That's not all we have offered, but those are probably the big four. So take advantage of everything that we have, and please, please, please watch them all, like, share, all of that. Uh, outside of that, uh, we just want to get to know you better, so as you get to know us better. So uh, we'll be doing this for the foreseeable future in the coming weeks. But right now, uh, I just want to pray for you and us as we go into the rest of this service together. So pray with me. Father, to those watching at home, uh, I just pray that you begin to move in this very moment, especially as we are uh, talking about your holy word uh, this morning. How do we read it? How do we take it in? What are the blessings that come with that? We ask that you prepare our hearts, and even now that uh, people would uh, open up their Bibles, be ready for that, be that on their phone or a hard copy they might have on the shelf. Ultimately, we want to be uh, deeper and more mature followers of your son, Jesus. So I pray that's our hot heart posture now going forward. And we ask that you meet us in this time of musical worship. It's in Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. Isn't it good to know that we worship a God who's reckless in his love for us and that he's willing to leave the 99 to go after us when we lose our way? And let's be honest, we find ourselves in the midst of a, of a challenging time that it's easy to lose our way. In fact, I have trouble sometimes even remembering what day it is. Can you relate to that? Have you found yourself asking yourself, okay, is today Thursday or is it Friday? And by the way, as a public service announcement, if you're watching this live, it's Sunday, okay, just to let you know that. Of course, if you're not watching it live, whenever you're watching it, you're on your own, okay? But if you're like me, and like the graphic that's about to go on the screen, with 2020 being leap year, there were 29 days in February, 300 days in March, at least it felt like, and we just finished a month of April that seemed like five years. Now, let's hope that May is a beginning of better things, and I believe it is. Yes, we have to acknowledge that it's definitely a different time in our lives. And I'm not going to use the word unprecedented because you've probably have heard that a time or two. And yet we have to acknowledge that it is a weird time and that it's 
that this, during this season, we can find ourselves under physical, emotional, financial, or relational strain that can really impact us. You know, this past week, I could tell that strain was beginning to get to me. I, I had this wild dream. I, I had this dream. In fact, I woke up feeling guilty. I have to tell you what it was. I dreamed that Jane and I were hosting people into our house, and that in the excitement of having live, real people around us, I got so excited, I reached out and shook somebody's hand. And then I felt guilty through the dream, that, and I tried to chase that person down to make sure that they, I could apologize, make sure that they didn't shake anybody else's hand. You know, yes, I am going through handshake withdrawal. And uh, I'm a hugger, I like to shake hands, and, and boy, this, is, this has been challenging. When I see people, even here, the, the handful that are here that played on stage or are helping with the technical aspect of this live stream, I, I want to shake their hands, but I know that right now is not a time to do that. And yet, all joking aside, we want to continue to pray for those who have gone through a difficult time during this season. For those who've lost loved ones, for those who've lost income, those who've lost jobs or feel in danger of losing your job or your business, and for those who are serving on the front lines, interacting with those that have the coronavirus, we want you to know we are grateful for you, and we're praying for you. And if you've been impacted in a significant way during this season, whether it be physically, whether it be emotionally, relationally, in whatever way, we'd love to know how we can help you. We want to encourage you to reach out and let us know how we can pray for you. You can simply uh, send an email to prayer at southwestchurch.org, or you can go to our website and simply click on the, the link. It says prayer. And we'd love to know how we can pray for you. I would love to know. So with that said, let's, let's pray, and then we'll get into a time of reading from the Bible and hearing from God. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you that you're a God that does chase after us when we lose our way. We're thankful, Father, that during difficult, challenging times that you are ever-present. Help us to remember to seek you during this time, to seek you like never before. And Father, we long as a church, and I know I long individually, to hear you speak into our lives. And I pray, Father, that during this series that you'll speak into our lives in a very profound way. And for those that are listening to this, this live stream, I, I I pray for them, Father. I pray that your word will speak into their heart. And Father, if they're going through a difficult time, a challenging time, I pray that they'll have the courage to reach out for help. And I pray, Father, that you will just bring strength and comfort and peace to everyone, no matter what they might be facing at this time. We thank you that you're such a good God. And we pray that you'll speak into our hearts during this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, 
in the midst of a lot of things to pray about, there have been some new things that, have, that I know I've been experiencing as a result of coronavirus. For example, yesterday I had the privilege to, to experience one of the smallest weddings that, in my life that I've been a part of. We had the bride, the groom, and there was a photographer. And we were practicing social distancing, had our mask, even matched my tie. But it was a special time, even though it was just, just uh, the bridegroom, me, and a photographer, to see a couple exchange vows of love and to commit their life in marriage. You know, I would love to hear from you. What, what novel thing have you experienced during this stay-at-home or stay-safe time? We'd, we'd love to hear. You know, there's, there's been not only weddings with masks, but, but uh, Jay and I participated this weekend in a, in a drive-by birthday parade to, to greet someone and to celebrate someone's birthday, to drive by their home honking the horn. Uh, Jane and I, my wife and I, have discovered Marco Polo, which is a new uh, uh, social media for us at least. It's a fun act, interactive video format that we've been able to, to talk to our grandchildren and them talk to us and leave messages for each other. It's been fun. I'd love to hear from you. What are, what are you experiencing that's been new, that's been fun during this time? We want to celebrate those things. If you could just let it be known at Southwest Church, Ohio. We'd love to celebrate with you. I'd be encouraged to hear from you and just to see you. Now, not only do I want to hear from you, but more importantly, during this time in our lives, we want to hear from God. We're in the midst of a Hearing God series. The, the past two weeks, we've examined how God has spoken to people in the past and how that He will speak into our lives today if we will just as we talked about last week, have ears to hear. And as we're reminded that we worship a God that wants to remind us that we're never alone. This weekend, we want to examine what it means to eat this book, okay? We want to talk about that and talk about how that can apply to our life. And the inspiration of this message title came actually from the Message Bible description of the commissioning of an Old Testament prophet named Ezekiel, a guy who lived about 600 years before Jesus walked on the earth. When Ezekiel was commissioned as a prophet, he heard a voice that told him, Son of man, eat what you see. Eat this book. Then go and speak to the family of Israel. Now, more precisely, most Bible translations literally translate that book as scroll, which would have been the format that the people of that day would have, have had any kind of uh, text, any kind of written word. This is, what the New Living this is how the New Living Translation reads. The voice said to me, Son of man, eat what I'm giving you. Eat this scroll. Then go and give its message to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he fed me the scroll. Fill your stomach with this, he said. And when I ate it, it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. And then the voice of God clarified what it meant 
to Ezekiel for him to eat this book or eat this scroll. In verses 10 through 11, then he added, Son of man, let all my words sink deeply into your own heart first. Listen to them carefully for yourself. Then go to your people in exile and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Do this wherever they listen. Do this whether they listen to you or not. Throughout this series, we've examined that God has spoken to people in the past through an audible voice, through dreams, through visions, through uh, gentle whispers or nudges as we've talked about. He's talked to people through circumstances and through other people. And yet we continue to go back the primary way that, that God speaks into our lives is through His written Word, which was recorded to us by prophets like Ezekiel or the apostles in the past who, who God spoke directly to them. And as they then wrote down these words, then as we read them, God speaks to us ultimately through His living Word, Jesus Christ. Yet in this last Bible section we read, we read, we need to learn from what Ezekiel heard from God. The Lord said, let all my words sink deep into your own heart first. Listen to them carefully for yourself. I like that. Let these words sink deeply into your heart. On this point, I like what Dallas Willard the author of the book entitled Hearing God that we've referred to throughout this series, what he had to say about this. He's, he wrote, we will be spiritually safe in our use of the Bible if we follow a simple rule. Read with a submissive attitude. Read with a readiness to surrender all you are, all your plans, opinions, possessions, positions, Study as intelligently as possible with all available means, but never study merely to find the truth and especially not just to prove something. Subordinate your desire to find the truth to your desire to do it, to act it out. You see, the Bible wasn't written for us to just to simply store up head knowledge or to memorize Bible facts or to be prepared for Bible trivia or win some theological argument. It's written so that we can hear from God and put it into practice. Let's let the Bible define itself, what its purpose is. And so our first observation today is what is the purpose of Scripture? In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, I love this description. I love how plain and simple the New Living Translation puts it. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. You see, as we read Scripture, and as we allow God's Word to sink deep into our hearts, we do that so it can have an impact. You see, God's Word prepares us. 
It equips us to live a life of meaning and purpose. Research has shown that that the more frequent time we spend in Scripture during the course of the week, the more impact it will have on our heart and our life. In fact, to drive this point home, listen to this video now. There was a recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they pulled 40,000 general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80, and they just wanted to see how we are engaging with Scripture. Right. And they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. It, they weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became the highlight of the study. Right. Um, when we're in the Scripture one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday. That's pastor saying you open your Bible, we hear the message. One time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'll, I'm going to spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week, negligible effect. Now, at three times a week, there was a blip on the map. Like, there was a heartbeat. Something happened, again, a heartbeat. Okay. But here was the profound discovery. When we're in the Scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. You would expect that it would be one, two, th- I mean, there'd be a gradual incline right. on the effect and impact that would have in your life, but it was literally one, two, three, four, something radically happens. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this what, extent. What kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow. Ang- like four times a week in the four Bible. Four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues drop 32%. Uh, bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time are you spending in Scripture? If they're in the Scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side, sharing your faith wow. jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's Word. And then discipling others jumps 230%. That's, that's amazing right there. That was amazing. And I'm not talking about that guy's beard, although that was pretty amazing too. But, but I'm talking about the practical ways that spending time in Scripture during the course of the week, how it will make a huge difference in our lives. And this is the purpose, one of the reasons why it's so important here at Southwest that we encourage people to not just read and and hear from God's Word on on Sunday, but to develop a plan that you're reading and, and hearing from God throughout the week as you revisit and read from Scripture. It's another reason why we emphasize so much the, the, the importance of connecting with other believers to be a part of a small group here at Southwest. You see, the purpose of small groups is not only that we can connect with others, and that's important, but it's an opportunity for us, again, in addition to the weekend, for us to hear God speak into our lives. As we read from the written Word, In small groups, it gives us an opportunity to talk about how not only to understand that passage, but how can we apply it? How can we live it out in our lives? One of the unexpected blessings of the coronavirus has been for us as a church that we've actually seen an uptick in our uh, small group 
ministry. We've seen more and more people getting connected and being actively involved in our small group through virtual Zoom meetings. And if you are looking for that connection, if you're looking for some encouragement to get back into Scripture during the course of a week, we want to encourage you to check out one of our small groups that meets throughout the week. In fact, if you go to our website, you can see a listing of the different small groups, and you can see ways that you can get connected. And if you can't figure out which is the best small group for you, then I just want to invite you, just reach out to me, roger at southwestchurch.org because I'd love to get you connected. You'd be welcome to be a part of the small group that my wife and I host, and we do on Zoom now on Sunday evenings, but maybe that's not a good time for you. I'd gladly get you connected to many of the other small groups so that you can be learning how you can apply the Scriptures that we talk about on Sundays, how you can apply it to your life, how you can allow it to sink deeply into your heart and make that impact that God wants you to where you get around to actually doing it, actually acting it out. You see, if we aren't learning how to put into practice the teachings of the Bible, then we won't grow in our faith. We won't mature in our walk with Jesus. We'll be that spiritually stagnant person that he was talking about on, on, the, on the video. In fact, on one occasion, one of the Bible writers the guy that wrote the book called Hebrews put it this way. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who, by constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Possibly you've not been growing spiritually because you haven't been putting into practice this, this emphasis of this teaching here to train yourself. You see, I don't think we're going to hear or learn anything new from God if we aren't already putting into practice what He's already told us. This is the reason that some of these first century believers were described by the Hebrew writer as spiritual infants. This weekend, I'm not asking you how long have you been a Christian, although that, that might be an interesting thing to talk about, or how long have you been reading the Bible. I'm asking you instead, are you growing in your walk with Jesus? Have you become stagnant? Are you really hearing from God in your life? Have you really been putting those things into practice? Or have you become stagnant? Have you got stuck at being a spiritual infant or a spiritual child? When all along God is prompting you to put into practice what you've already learned so that you can begin to grow, mature, and teach others. You see, this is such an important part. In fact, because of that, that's we're going to just pause for a moment, and we're going to sing a song. And I want to invite you not to simply just to listen to these, these wonderful musicians behind me, but I want to invite you to sing along. And I want to encourage you, to, as you're singing this song, to view it as a prayer to God. 
and see if the words of this song, as you sing along, as you pray it to God, will be a cry to Him for you to really allow His Word to sink deep into your heart and to put it into practice. Let's pray. Let's sing this together. Beautiful song. And I hope you found that a meaningful time to reflect and to pray. Before we go on to our last point, I, I want to quickly revisit the last verse we just finished reading before that song. It's found in Hebrews 5, verse 14. It says, But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Training. Spiritual training. Training is something we hear about in the world of sports or fitness. The only sporting event that I've really enjoyed the past six weeks has been watching The Last Dance. I've enjoyed that. Uh, it, it, in fact, I recommend the ESPN2 version as it's a little tamer in terms of the language. And yet, it's, it was, I've enjoyed watching this, this amazing uh, last season of the Bulls championship run. And by the way, uh, just as a disclosure, uh, 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 I told my wife that they ended up winning that season, and she was disappointed. She said, I ruined the whole series for her, but I hope I didn't ruin it for you. But, but as they talked about their training and their discipline to make that championship season uh, a reality, I was especially struck by Dennis Rodman, a guy that just always seemed to be at the right place at the right time to get a rebound. And to hear how that he went through strict training, he would go in even into the gym at 2.30 in the morning and have a friend throw the ball up at the rim, and he'd watch where it would bounce so that he would know if the ball hit at that side of the rim on that spin that it would bounce over here. You see, it wasn't just an accident. He was always at the right place to get that rebound. He'd gone through training. Have you ever noticed that there's certain people that always seem to hear from God? It's not an accident. It's because those people oftentimes are the ones that have been in strict training. They've been in Scripture. They've been praying. They've been asking God to speak into their life. They've been drinking deeply from what they've learned. They've been putting into practice what they've already heard. They're in a position to hear God. Are you willing to go into that spiritual training so you can hear God speak into your life? Not only are we invited to read, to drink deeply, to apply, and to share God's Word uh, that we find in Scripture, but we're also invited to pray the Scriptures as we learn to dialogue with God through not only reading of the script, from the Scriptures, but also praying of the Scriptures. And in that, we begin to hear God break into our life in a brand new way. Now, honestly, this is something that is new for me, something that I've been just discovering recently in my life, and, and honestly, I'm just beginning to get the hang of it. I'm in no way uh, an experienced person at praying the Scriptures. And yet, if you, if you, as you read certain parts of the Bible, you begin to realize that certain sections of Scripture are actually uh, written prayers of people from the past who are praying to God. Let me share an example with you. If you have your Bible or a Bible app, and I hope you do, turn to Psalm 130. 
And I want to invite you not only to read this psalm with me, but I want to invite you to read it as a prayer. Not only today, but throughout this week. Maybe you can use this as a a platform to, to put into practice what we heard earlier about reading four times a week. Why don't you Take the challenge to to read this psalm, to pray this psalm four times this week. Psalm 130 is in the middle of a section of psalms, Psalm 120 to 134, that's entitled The Songs of Ascent. These were most likely first sung by the Jewish people as they made their trips to Jerusalem three times a year for the Jewish feasts, whether it be Passover or Pentecost, those feasts. And these psalms, these songs were to prepare their hearts so that God would be ready, for they would be ready for God to speak into their lives as this festival was approaching. You see, the psalms were Israel's songbook or prayer book. And instead of us simply reading the psalms, I want to invite you to begin to pray the psalms. Let's do it now. If you would, just even read it out loud, pray it out loud as I pray these first four or five verses of Psalm 130. From the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for your help. Hear my cry, O Lord. Pay attention to my prayer. Lord, if you kept a record of our sins, who, O Lord, could ever survive? But you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you. I'm counting on the Lord. Yes, I'm counting on Him. I have put my hope in His Word. What would happen in our lives if we not only read the songs, but we sung or prayed them as these earlier believers did? This is a realization that has only, as I shared earlier, recently come to me. You see, in the first week of March, which seems like uh, a long time ago, five years ago, like I mentioned earlier, that first week of March of this year, I traveled to, to do something I'd never done before. I traveled to Minnesota. It was beautiful with the snow still on the ground to spend a week in a Benedictine monastery. It was a beautiful location. This, uh, this monastery was located on a, near a frozen lake in Collegeville, Minnesota, at St. John's University. St. John's is not only a Catholic college, but it's a Catholic monastery that at one time was the largest Benedictine monastery in North America. It was a monastery modeled off the rule of Benedict, Benedict, and here's a statue that I found on campus of him, was this devout believer who lived about 500 years after Jesus Christ walked on the earth. And although I don't agree with all the beliefs that he held, I'm amazed by the discipline that he lived his life. Benedict believed that his worship of God meant for him to read all 150 psalms every day. And he said for those who were trying to follow his discipline of life, that even if you were lazy, you could read all 150 psalms in one week. So there at that monastery for that week, I was able to participate with 
some other ministers from all over the country and to join in with the Benedictine monks at St. John's. Because you see, they read through all 150 Psalms once a month. Now, in comparison, the Bible reading plan that I've used for years takes me through all the Psalms in one year. You see, by Benedict's uh, uh, standards, I would be extremely lazy. But that's just another reason why I don't believe I'm called to enroll in a monastery. But during my week at the monastery, there was a group of these ministers, pastors, we took this class on prayer. And we learned from the Benedictine monks the importance of praying the Scriptures. We, we prayed at 7 a.m., noon, 5 p.m., and 7 p.m. And then we were asked to be silent from 9 p.m. until the next morning, which was, honestly was one of the most difficult things for me. In fact, I got caught the first night uh, in the guest house talking to my wife on the phone. So yes, I got busted at the monastery for talking when I was supposed to be quiet. That didn't shock or surprise our ministry staff at all. Yet each day we would walk into this huge Catholic church and pray with about 115 monks. We would sit in the choir section of the church that you could see in this next photo, and we would read the Psalms together in a fashion where one side would read a few verses and then the other side would read the next few verses back to them. And honestly, as we went through that experience, I kept thinking of the first two days, that we call this our times of prayer, when are we going to get around to praying together? Sadly, it wasn't until about the third day, okay, I'm a little slow, that I realized these monks weren't simply reading the Psalms, they were praying the Psalms. So on the third day, before I entered the church building there, I said a prayer, and I said, Lord, teach me to pray the Psalms. This is new. I need to grow. Now, I'm still just a beginner, but I want to invite you this week to join me in praying Psalm 130 or whatever psalm might speak to your heart. And I want to urge you to explore praying some of the Psalms and some of the other prayers that we find in Scripture to really allow God's Word to sink deeply in to your heart and to allow it to impact you as God intended for you to do. You see, when it comes to Scripture, if we really want to hear from God, we don't only need to read His Word, we need to apply it, but we also need to pray it. This is what it means to eat this book. It means to not snipple it not to simply sniff around it, but to devour it, to be consumed with it, to allow it to impact every area of our life so that we can truly hear God in our daily lives. You see, followers of Jesus are called to be consumed, to be addicted to the Word of God. And we're talking about both the living Word, Jesus, as the Bible describes Him, and His written Word, the Bible. The purpose of the Bible is for us to hear God and to know who Jesus is so that we're not only be guided by the written Word, but that we can be guided by the presence of the living Word. 
Listen to how the Gospel of John describes Jesus. The Word, John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Later in John's Gospel, we read this fascinating teaching of Jesus, a teaching that actually caused some people to turn away. Listen to what He says in John 6, verse 53. So Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Now, honestly, this is a difficult passage. As I said, some of those first hearers of Jesus turned away when He started teaching like this. They didn't grasp what He was trying to say. And maybe even in my growth, I don't totally understand this passage, and yet I think that Jesus is calling His first followers, and He's calling me, and He's calling you, followers of every generation, to not simply be seasonal fans when it's convenient, but to view our relationship with Jesus as the very substance of life. You see, as human beings, we're committed to eating physical food every day. In fact, you could say we're addicted to food. And yet Jesus says that He is real or true food. That it's in Him that we find real sustenance. That He is real or true drink. It's in Him that we'll find real refreshment. Here at Southwest, every week we observe communion. I hope you have a piece of bread where you're at, or a cup of juice, or a cup of wine. And as we observe this time of communion, let's not view it simply as a religious ritual, but instead as a reminder where true or real food is found. Let's remember His body that was broken for us. Let's remember His blood that was shed for us. And let's resolve this week that we won't just sniff around Jesus or sniff around His Word, that we won't be satisfied with just hearing it on a Sunday, that we, but that we will understand that we are to to be consumed with Jesus, to be addicted to hearing from Him in our lives. As we observe this time of communion, let's remember where real sustenance, real refreshment is found. Let's remember what He did for us, and let's renew our commitment to Him to train so that we can hear from Him. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you so much for your love of sending your son. Jesus, thank you so much for going to the cross for us. 
As we take this bread, remind us of the sacrifice it took. As we take the cup, remind us of the forgiveness you came to bring. Help us drink deeply from that now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. found that a meaningful time of renewal and refreshment in the Lord. I hope this week that you'll resolve to, to go into training spiritually so that you can hear God speak into our life on a daily basis. If you are just kind of new to this journey and you want to learn more about what it means to personally have a relationship with Jesus so he can be that real food, that real sustenance in your life. We want to invite you to take our starting point class this week. You can see the information. We'll post it on our social media as well this week. Or if you're confused how to connect on Zoom, email me and I'll be glad to walk you through that. You see, we want people to find the hope that only Jesus can bring. I want you to think about that hope that he brings to our life as you go through this week, that sustenance that he brings as we sing this final song. Thank you for being here today. And let's close out our time with singing with all of our hearts this song of praise.